Section zero of the Desirable Alien at Home in Germany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Desirable Alien at Home in Germany by Violet Hunt, with preface and two additional chapters by Ford Maddox Heffer. Reader's note, this was the surname of the novelist later known as Ford Maddox Ford. Preface I should call this a very satisfactory book about a country. I mean that at the end of reading it, the reader will have been presented with a certain number of views, and those views square roughly with my own or those of any other man of goodwill. And any book about a country upon any other lines cannot well be a satisfactory performance. Any man may say, I know my Germany, as any other may say that he knows his London. And he may, indeed, have a knowledge of a country or of a city that is based upon a long residence in the one or the other, and that is fortified by many statistics yet countries, cities, and the hearts of men, a region so wide, or, as it were, streams so profound, that it would appear that there is no man fitted to write a book of a factual kind about any city, any country, or, for the matter of that, about any single human being. For as far as facts go, we have nothing but them to go upon, and facts are selected for us either by blind destiny that will have forced us into certain paths or by our own inborn predilections that set us wandering about a country directed to certain regions by who knows what by the recommendations of friends in search of the footsteps of the dead or by the desire to slake the thirst of our geologists hammers in certain exposed beds of schist destiny might make you an interpreter situated at Essen, or a British consular representative at Frankfurt. How different would be your views of a country that for me is partly Münster in Westphalia with its dark arcades and its history of blood, and that is still more the Rhine between Koblenz and Asmonshausen, where life lives itself so pleasantly. Essen is all coal, dust, grime, and the resounding of mighty hammers. Frankfurt is all banks, diamonds, gilding, prostitutes, theatres, and art centres. Which, then, is Germany? And could any one soul give you uncoloured facts about both? It is unthinkable. If you live in Frankfurt, you will say that Germany is the most cultured the richest the most practical of all the states you may realize that there is essen where the guns come from or if you live on the rhine you may well say that the german is the gayest the most careless the most musical of pleasant men since ireland has become sober and has cultivated a middle class it is probable that first impressions will color all that you see the one-time consul-general of a southern kingdom assured me solemnly after he had lived for fourteen years in england 
that england is the most dangerous of all countries on his landing at dover he had come across some three-card trick gentry who had given him a rough time it was the only adventure that ever occurred to him in this country yet he felt himself far safer in his own country where the jails are filled with revolutionists and forty men a day are shot in the streets you will see this irresistible tendency at work in the author of this book her first impressions came from milly of paderborn who was thank goodness a good westphalian an echte sauerlanderin and from the good grimm so our author is predisposed to like the germans to look upon them with a friendly and indulgent eye to find them instinct with all the old germanic virtues of kindliness hospitality modesty and sobriety you see her first impressions are formed by a germany of the pre-franco-prussian war type god forbid that i should say that these early german pieties have gone out of my countrymen but if i were writing a book about germany i think that i should see first what bismarckism nietzscheism and agnosticism of the auto type have made of the land of the good grim it is also very bewildering and statistics are of no particular good last year i was sitting talking to an imperial forester upon a stump of wood near his first eye he insisted that he had been taught in school that witches and warlocks exist he was a youngish quite intelligent man i said it was impossible that he could have been taught that in a german public school six years ago he said wait and went into his cottage he came out with his school textbook of goethe's faust he turned over the leaves until he came to the scene of walpurgisnacht on the brocken there he said triumphantly yet statistics will prove to you that germany is the best educated land in the world god forbid that i should say that germany is not the best instructed of all lands it probably is though the most looked up to of all modern novelists and thinkers of england of to-day lately assured me that english primary instruction is by a long way the best in the world we must not however say so for fear of the ratepayers he may be right yet as i have elsewhere related i had once a small servant who had just passed the sixth standard in a national school and had just been confirmed she refused to accompany the family to germany for fear if the ship sank in the channel the fishes should eat her soul so you have here a book of impressions if i did not like it i should not be writing this introduction if i had not very much admired the kindly careless inaccurate and brilliantly precise mind of the author i presume the book would never have been written the blind destiny which watches over these things would never have taken the writer into my beloved country for after all it is my beloved country a year or so ago i should have said that i detested the prussianism of the congeries of nations that germany is then came the agadir affair with its revelation of the inherent 
financial weakness of the Kaiserreich. Now we have an image of a Germany threatened with immense Slav empires, kingdoms and states. And I confess that I should hate the thought that this proud people, full of free passions, should cease to bulk large in the comedy of the nations. I should hate to think that one of the horned golden standards that are borne at the heads of so many regiments, and their feet literally make the earth tremble upon the Exerzierplätze, that one of these, amidst the smoke of battle, should fall into alien hands. The other day, over the door of a dormitory in a French barracks, I read the words, Soldiers, three standards of your regiment are in the Imperial Museum at Potsdam. Never forget. Queer words to read. France is the darling of the nations, the playboy of the Western world. To France, in the end, we all owe everything that in the realm of ideas is worth having. And I think that in the bottom of a sentimental heart, I should like to see France regain her lost provinces, because France has been crestfallen about it. And I think all nature loves the swaggerer and hates to see his downfall, for in this dreary world there is so little happiness. But if France regained its loss, Germany, to make the fairy tale complete, must have its place in the sun, and Great Britain must lose nothing either. I do not know how that court is going to be gotten to that pint pot. Anyhow, such a book as The Desirable Alien can do nothing but good, in the sense of letting people understand each other better. It is better than statistics of armaments, for these can be manoeuvred to prove anything the writer likes, and it is better than the pompous analysis of national trays, better than the analysis of mineral wealths for it lets us come a little nearer, seeing that there is no such thing as Germany as distinct from England, no such thing as England as distinct from the wide lands from the Rhine to the Elbe. It shows, and that is the note of the modern world, that people are just people, taking tuppenny tram tickets from Ealing to the city or from Ringstrasse to the Domplatz, doing their best to keep their ends up in the struggle of an industrial existence, cultivating as best they may the muses upon a little thin oatmeal, thinking precious little or nothing at all about dark machinations for the flinging of troops into either East Anglia or the flat lands behind Borgham. But just people, like you and me, and the man who opens the taxi-cab door for you on the rank. End of preface.